0: Life happens with Pinelo Pinelomutine on SAFM. On SAFM. This feature is brought to you by the Solidarity Fund. Unity in Action. COVID-19 has had a negative impact on gender-based violence. The Solidarity Fund has identified GBV as one of its focus areas and has partnered with various organizations to assist with medical and psychosocial services, PPE, and access to shelters. To get help, call the National GBV Command Center on 0800-428-428 or visit the National Shelter Movement's website on nsmsa.org.za. Brought to you by the Solidarity Fund. Unity in Action. So, South Africa ranks the worst in the world when it comes to gender-based violence and rape statistics and the reported cases do not even count for the full picture. From the introduction of the Sexual Offenders Registry to a victim-centered approach to prosecutions as well as the harsher sentences and stricter bail conditions against perpetrators of gender-based violence. The three new amendment bills recently announced by President Cyril Ramaphosa have been hailed as a step in the right direction for a country that finds itself in the chokehold of gender-based violence. To get better insight into these new pieces of legislation, we're going to be speaking to policy and advocacy specialists at Sonke Gender Justice. Mumma Nulindi, who is going to be with us to talk about what these particular policies mean for us, what this particular bill means for all of us. And I've been asking the question, so how far are we with the, the particular bill? Na, mu, na, Mumma is on the line with us uh, to just give us some insight from the Songke uh, Gender Justice. Thank you so much for speaking to us, Miss Mulindi. Thank you for for, for making the time. Thank you so much for having me. Can we just maybe outline the three bills that we had been presented by the president before we go into the detail of the bills?
1: Okay, so the first is the Criminal Law Sexual Offenses and Related Matters Amendment Act. Mm -hmm. A bit of a mouthful. Mm -hmm. The second is the Criminal and Related Matters Amendment Bill. And uh, the third is the... What do you call this? The Domestic Violence yes. Amendment Act, okay. Amendment Bill, sorry.
0: Mm-hmm. And and for those who are listening, uh, we had gone through quite an extensive outline of this. Um, I want us to talk to us about number one: what Sonke just, uh, Gender Justice, does in relation to where we are with with moving these um, with the, moving these bills forward.
1: So what Sonke has done so far in addition to the trainings we give in the different communities and the capacity-building work we do, is we also put our submissions forth to Parliament. And our submissions are basically based on our research and our experiences in the field. Mm -hmm. So that whatever submissions we're giving, we're not just giving it from um, a desktop research perspective but because we are on the ground we are in the eastern cape we are in the western cape in Tang, we are on the ground working in in areas where there are high cases of gender based violence and trying to assist in these communities, we come in from that perspective of saying these are the facts as we know them and this is our recommendations to you going forward
0: based on the facts that we know. Ms. Melindy, is it possible for us to just talk about some of your submissions? I mean, I don't think we'll get through all of them. But just by way of example, um, what, what kind of submissions did you send in? So,
1: first and foremost, you get the first draft of a bill and there's call for public participation to yeah. submit on these bills, yeah. right? So what we do, for instance, um, with the different bills, we split it up between the different people in our department. I worked on the criminal law, sexual offenses, and related matters. And basically, my my intention was to look at the bill as they have structured it and to come back and say, I would recommend certain areas be changed to include certain information, or I do agree with whatever you have done. So, for instance, with the with the SORMA, which is the Sexual Offences and Related Matters one, mm-hmm. we came in to basically, you know, applaud that they have extended the ambit to cover offences of incest, and mm-hmm. that they have introduced new offences of sexual intimacy, in, sexual intimidation, which weren't there before, mm-hmm. you know. So mm-hmm. now there's the whole issue of the National Register for Sexual Offenders. We came in to say that there is an issue. Yes, we understand where you're going with this National Register, mm-hmm. but there are concerns around surrounding this because um, it's not enough just to say we are going to be putting full names and identity numbers of all registered sex offenders. Uh, or to register sex offenders, but we're also saying, well, what are you doing to make sure that sexual offences cases are actually being tried to the end so that you can have names put on the list?
0: So and so, so what are the bottlenecks currently as we're sitting from your experience? Um, when you say, I mean, for you to put that as a submission, it means that there's some, some certain experiences that you've had where you found that these these particular cases don't end up going to trial.
1: Look, one, one uh, not one, um, For instance, right now, even the Eastern Cape doesn't have a laboratory to do DNA testing. Mm, 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 mm. If uh, sexual offense occurs in the Eastern Cape you know, whatever the, the, the testing kits have to be sent to other provinces, more often than not Hau Tang, so these tests can be done and then sent back to the Eastern Cape. Already, that says there's a delay. Mm-hmm. Now, with anything being transported on the road, there's always a likelihood that there can be contamination, there can be a problem that can occur. So you can imagine the Eastern Cape, faced with all the number of cases that it is faced with, still doesn't have a DNA testing lab. So it's things like those that are already a bottleneck. And as much as there's this uh, registration for offenders, how are you really going to achieve that if there's not even a proper facility to ensure that proper testing is being done?
0: and and is this something though that needs to be in this bill or is there another mechanism to make sure that 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 does happen i know that there were budgets that were allocated for the for for the building of these testing uh, facilities i mean that's a story for another day but but is this something that needs to be incorporated here so what what we would say
1: is in the bills as they are we we are applauding what they have put in but we are saying It's not enough just to have it on paper as it's stated. Mm -hmm. So we are having a situation where indeed our laws are being developed to cater for the problem, but to a certain extent, it's a top layer catering. Mm -hmm. So what is put on paper ends up looking so good but what is on the ground is missing. So it's not so much to say that information has to be added, mm-hmm. but it's more so what is the corresponding action to make sure that the action that has been taken
0: actually tallies with the law that has been legislated. Uh, so so then how do we frame that in, in, in your submissions? So in our
1: submissions, we do highlight to say that it is important that we need to have um, a political will, you know, will from the police to see to it that, yes, we are putting a very good law on paper, but we need to make sure there are corresponding mechanisms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to
0: see to it that what we are putting on paper is delivered. Because I think what you're saying is at the heart of many, many of our problems. It's not to say that the legislation is not there. It's to say that how do we then still, you know, carry it out? Because as you said, you know, it's lovely on paper, but we don't see it being carried out. And I think that in itself is, is, is quite a, a difficult one that all of us have to deal with in society. Um, that mm-hmm. was the one element. Is there another layer to this that you wanted to highlight? Um, Oh, gosh, that's such a wide question. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we are living in a a time where at least now we know um, that it's a concern for everybody, or at least it appears that it's a concern for everybody, which is quite a long way from where we come from. But I'm still concerned about the delay in getting this uh, signed.
1: Look, um, at the end of the day, we are, looking at, we are hoping that this will be signed at least by media, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I think as, on one side, as we are pushing and saying, we are applauding that this legislation is going to be signed in, the bigger fight in my book, for instance, the Domestic Violence Act has been in play in our society for a while, right? Yes. But what are the returns we are getting in terms of the Domestic Violence Act? You know, um, if you recall earlier this year, the Bhekikile had um, reported and said that there were two, about 2,300 cases of domestic violence reported within the first two weeks of the lockdown yeah. in 2020. Mm-hmm. But how many of those cases actually got finalised? Fact is, not even 500 cases from those 2,300 cases got finalised. Mm-hmm. but then there were 2300 reported so what what basically we are saying is we can keep pushing the laws and even we as we are doing our submissions we are still saying hey thank you for meeting us at this point but there's something else that still needs to come because you can pass as many laws as you want but you know are
0: you going to make sure that the police show up and do what they're supposed to do when they're supposed to do it so for me it's it's actually also bigger than that because you speak about what the the ministry of police uh has to do and their responsibility and then though on the other hand they, then there's the ministry of justice that needs to carry out you know the arrest um i mean the the prosecution for instance and uh, do you find in your work that all these ministries speak to one another harmoniously not at all
1: not at all
0: um we're having issues for instance we have uh
1: to Zena care centers, you know, um, that at least police should be aware of in order to inform, you know, victims of rape that, hey, okay, once we go here, hospital testing, you know, this is the next step that needs to get done so that you can also get counseling. A lot of times, the right hand hasn't told the left hand. A person has gone and reported to the police, but they've not been taken to the hospital. A lot of people are still not aware about the prophylaxis Um, medication that you can take following a rape, and you would expect that the police themselves would be aware of this. But where Sankar is coming in, we try and teach people in the community, so hopefully that as we keep teaching people in the community, they can know, because Part of the problem we have is that the government departments that should be talking and liaising with one another, that's not happening. So our hope is also with the National Strategic Plan, which hopes to bring, you know, all government departments to work together, we are hoping that this will actually solidify their uniform working. But as of now, there's no communication.
0: And I guess the big question is how do we solve that? Because that's not something that you can, you know, enforce in a bill. It's it's a way of us being more active. And I'm really yeah. keen to hear how we, as citizens, can also be a part of the solution because we are experiencing the delays. Right? We are the ones complaining about yeah, the non-delivery yeah. of these services. So let's take a quick break. I'll be back with you, um, and and I'll also take some voice notes and calls as well, if you don't mind. And the lines are open. Oh one one seven one four two zero zero six, and I'll particularly interested in people who've had difficulties for instance in reporting cases who've had difficulties in seeing them to the end for instance for for various reasons i'd be really keen to hear that 011-714-2006. safm 104 to
1: 107 nationwide
0: Namoma Mulindi is a policy and advocacy specialist at Sonke Gender Justice. We are discussing gender-based violence. We are discussing issues that need to be resolved. We all know that there is a, a bill that needs to be signed off, and we are all in anticipation for that to come through from the presidency. But um, I, I was assured that this is probably going to happen sometime um, in the you know mid mid year, and I'm very um, I'm, I, I was very pessimistic, Ms. Mulindi, but I'm I'm encouraged by your words saying that you know no it's on track it's coming i was saying to you apart from the fact that we have the bill the laws coming through how do we ensure as communities that some of these do get implemented on the ground
1: so what 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 i would say is get informed get informed there's a lot of things out there for instance you find um, for us who are working in the NGO space, in the GBV space, we find that a lot of times we are communicating with people who are within the space. So it's great that I'm even able to be here, you know, to reach a greater audience. A lot of times people just don't know what is there. So I would say get informed. There's a lot of information that you can get from various uh, NGO websites that work in the, in the GBV space. There's actually supposed to be information also at police stations and hospitals and public hospitals about what needs to happen. But just just um, off the top of my head, some of the things that I would like members of the community to be aware of, if you know somebody who is a victim of rape or who informs you, once they have gone to the police station, it's very, very important that they go to a hospital. It's very important, you know, they don't shower. So that the, the tests can be done and they can also get the P-E-E, PEP, all right, the medication that prevents you from getting HIV, the prophylaxis medication. It's very important that we get to know some of these some of these things so that the more people know, even if just in general discussion, you share it out with the next person, my hope is it will spread wider and the more people know the better it will be. That way if somebody goes with another person to, to the police station, they'll say, hey, and what about the hospital? And at the hospital they'll say, hey, what about this? Have you administered this? Okay, where can we go for counselling? Pushing, pushing, pushing based on the information that you have now acquired.
0: The difficulty with some of the issues that we have is att- attitudinal Change right so yes. that when I get to the police station, I I receive the kind of empathy that I think would be appropriate for somebody who's been raped. For argument's sake, and that that's not something that you can put in law. It's it's an attitudinal change that you would like the community to understand. How do we treat one another in instances like this? How are we going to get that right? Wow, well,
1: that 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 is the question that 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 is indeed the question look part of what what the hope is with the national strategic plan on gender based violence is to hopefully give um officers more training and also to hold them more accountable for where they fail in terms of how they relate to victims or should i say survivors of sexual based gender uh, sgbv right and as at now, what I can say is we are doing a lot of training, but even so, we are hoping that a bigger role will be played in the training of the policemen. I tend to think that this has not been um, made a requirement, you know, uh, whether it's sensitivity training. Can we get them into this sort of training so that they can actually get it? They need to be trained. It's not enough just to train them how to hold a firearm, how to record a case and do whatever else, but you actually need to train them that if a victim comes through with this problem, don't make her say out her story in the open floor in front of everybody. Can you get her a female To deal with her, you know, it could be a male who has been a victim of -hmm. of gender-based violence. Could you get them somewhere separate to deal with them? A lot of times people arrive at the police station and, you know, the person who's asking questions is shouting from behind the screen. We touched you where? What did he do? Mm. You know, totally insensitive. But could
0: we train them? you know are, are, are we saying i mean when when we hear the police speak they they always talk about you know this training and that training going on are we saying we still not seeing that adequately it's not happening on the ground it's not happening on the ground as much as it should hmm. so I the
1: training could be at the police center wherever you are right but if you're going to get better at anything you have to train 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 again Maybe it's one of those things that have to be done every six months, every year, you know, constant, constant training. But from what we are seeing, it's not sufficient. Somebody can come in and offer to say we are going to be doing training with the police, which is fine and dandy. But that person, that group or the organization that comes in and does their training will do their training at that point in time. But what is the police doing to further that? Sometimes I feel um, the training is either not consistent enough or they're not being held accountable enough in terms of the training they have received.
0: Now, Mama, what are we going to do about prevention so we are not reacting to the incident having already happened? So prevention is us going down to the root. And just to break it down as simply
1: as possible, we have to start with, especially with um, domestic violence cases, If there are children who've grown up in a home where there has been domestic violence, we need to start with them getting counseling. Research has shown children who grow up in homes where there's domestic violence are likely to become perpetrators themselves or victims. So a lot has been focused on punishing the offender, but I think it's also time to actually look at those who have survived the experience. What can we teach them? That's number one. Number two, a lot has to do with empowering women. Till today, quite a number of people who are, quite a number of the women who are victims of um, domestic violence, intimate partner violence, more often than not are dependent on their violator. Mm. So it makes it hard for them to report. um, And they are actually more vulnerable to abuse because for as long as they are not able to stand independently, you know, that money can be withheld and given, and they can be controlled by that. You know, you've, the, so many instances where, for the sake of the children, the women have been forced to live through the experience. Mm. So if we're starting with prevention, we have to go back to, should I say, uh, the home setting That would be the first point to get started with. And generally, any other victims of um, gender-based violence, are we counseling them?
0: Um, I've got some um, SMSs coming through, and I think some of these are, are quite confidential. Um, this one I'm looking at is a rape uh, is a rape case, which I think perhaps we need to give you um, the opportunity to deal with it offline. But I'm going to take maybe one one or two voice notes as well, and, and maybe we'll take this offline after the show. Okay.
1: Hello, Pomelo and guests. Good afternoon. Alfred Harris here. You know, Pamela, um it's right what the what the guests say saying. He said. The laws in our country are very good laws, but the issue around implementation of the laws is linked to funding. So, a law that is written must also come with the necessary funding for the implementation thereof. And I think that that is where most of our laws seems to be falling down. Is that there is not enough funding available to implement the laws it's are written and passed by parliament. Good day, Timelo. Let's begin to in Primero, I'm just listening there to the lady uh, from Song uh, Gender Justice. Pumelo, I have a, a, a case here. Yesterday my wife told me yesterday that there's a lady around here where we're staying in Bloomfontein. Her boyfriend sleeping with her daughter, meaning the lady's daughter, and she's underage. Yesterday, she caught them right handed in bed. So, I-, I wanted to find out is there any assistance that I can get for that uh, innocent child? Please, uh, Pimelo, I-, I need an assistant there.
0: Now, Mama, it's, it's one of many. And, and I think this is probably where we're going to ask you to give out your details for people to get hold of you.
1: Okay, um, sorry, just give me a second. Um, could I could I at least respond to the last gentleman?
0: Yes, uh, but, but I, I mean, is it not something that you would have to maybe consult with them directly with?
1: Okay, I just I just wanted to make sure it is known that provided the child is underage, you remember, mm-hmm. there's the issue of statutory rape. Mm-hmm. So I just want people to be aware whether or not, uh, provided that that child is underage. and I think quite a number of people do, I'm not aware of this concept of statutory rape. So I just wanted to emphasize that. But yes, I will talk to him offline.
0: All right. Um, won't you just give us the details so that others can also get in touch with uh, Sonke?
1: Yes, certainly.
0: So our our office number
1: is 021. I mean, I'm based in the Cape Town office. Mm-hmm. 021. Four two three seven zero eight eight. Okay. And any queries can be forwarded to info at genderjustice. Za.
0: I appreciate it so, so very much. Um, that is Sonke Agenda Justice. If you look it up, you'll be able to get other details as well. That is Namuma Mulindi, who's a policy and advocacy specialist. So if you are a victim of gender-based violence or you know someone who needs help, please also you can contact the National Gender-Based Violence Command Center as well. It's open 24-7. The number to dial is 0800-428-428. And if you're unable to speak, you can send a please call me by dialing star 120 star eight. 867 hash or you can sms help 31531 help to 31531 it brings us to 2 30 let's go to nandika bukas for the latest in headlines